eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown! Welcome back to another episode of the Packs with She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we are just about 10, 11 days away from the NFL season officially starting. We have made it through roster cutdowns. We know who is on the Packers initial 53-man roster. And that's what we're here to talk about because theoretically the next time we podcast, we'll be talking about actual football that is coming up. Yeah, yeah. We, we did week it. one preview is <laughs> next week. Can you believe it? We're here. We did it. We did it, Joe. (laughs) We made it. Um, Yeah, cutdowns were the last, like, 36 hours. It's always a super whirlwind. Um, Not the most fun time because it's kind of hard to watch these guys that maybe some you've gotten, you know, attached to during uh, preseason and training camp and then – you know, they ultimately don't make the team or hopefully the ones you do love get brought back on a practice squad, but definitely not the easiest time. I think the only person who literally loves this time of year is my dad. (laughs) He loves seeing uh, if his predictions were right or not. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I like seeing if my predictions are right too. I know your dad isn't like hoping for. Yeah. Yeah, So how did you do with your 53? I did bad this year. I think I did like 48. That's not horrible. Well, there were just like, there were some surprises for me. Um, like, okay. but I, I guess we'll talk about those. Yeah, let's start there. <laughs> so, who were your surprises? Um, well, to me, I think one of my biggest surprises was just that the Packers were going to be only keeping two running backs on the active roster. Obviously, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon being those two, but I had gone back and forth between would they keep Tyler Goodson because of what he brings to the offense or would they keep Patrick Taylor because of what he brings on special teams and as a pass protector. And it turns out the answer was neither, but both of them are back on the practice squad, which is exciting given the new practice squad rules that are in place this season. So we talked about that a little bit pre-show kind of what that means, but this season, um, 
you know, from what we're understanding, the rules are new for this year. Um, there is a practice squad elevation. So a lot of teams we might see keeping only one quarterback, only a couple of running backs, and you can elevate a player um, as a backup each week. But I believe the caveat is that if you elevate someone three times, then you have to make them a party or 53. So that does give the Packers some flexibility, maybe before Kylan Hill gets back as RB3 to elevate Patrick Taylor one week or to elevate Tyler Goodson one week, or just, you know, to roll with the two running backs and see what happens. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it was a surprise at first. And then the more I thought about it, the more it actually really made sense, right? Because Kylan Hill is going to come off pub. Um, hopefully only missing the four allotted games that he has to, and he'll be back by week five. And then you have your starting three that you always wanted. Um, They have been using Amari Rogers a good bit in the backfield. So with Kylan Hill being out, maybe you want to get him and Cobb and both the running backs involved in, in some way. So it doesn't feel like the Packers are lacking running backs, but I was certainly rooting for Tyler Goodson to make the roster given like the kind of camp he had. So I'm happy he's back on the practice squad. Um, I think it's important to note besides the caveat of Ty Summers getting released early and he was picked up, no Packers were claimed on waivers. So they can pretty much bring back everyone that they wanted to, which it looks like they're doing. So Patrick Taylor, Tyler Goodson back on the practice squad. Yeah. And I mean, I think these practice squad rules are really nice for the team too, because it lets you kind of pick and choose each week, like, you know, going up maybe against certain fronts, you know, or, you know, just different defenses, like how you're prioritizing the players on the roster. The Packers also, you know, as they've done the last couple of seasons, only kept two quarterbacks, which we expected Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, Danny Etling back on the practice squad as QB three, which is good for things like, you know, running the scout team. So Quarterback and running back, I think maybe not entirely surprised based on uh, just, you know, who they were able to retain on the practice squad. But what about wide receiver? Any surprises there for you? No, I mean, I think that it was always going to be Winfrey and Torre fighting for that last spot. And I'm not surprised the Packers went with their draft pick. Just is very like in keeping with what they do normally is very it's a you saw it's right, but they kept Rasheed Walker as well. They tend to keep their draft picks, um, especially the year that they draft them, which I think is smart. Um, it is interesting that, you know, Rogers had so much to say about Winfrey and really talked him up. Um, but you had Goot say today, Rogers has been like much more involved in roster building than in years past. So Hopefully this wasn't a Kumaro blindside situation. And uh, he's actually one of the only players that they haven't brought back on the practice squad yet. I imagine that's something they're going to do. They still have two spots left. Um, But overall, not really any other surprises when it came to the wide receiver group. Yeah, so the Packers ended up keeping seven. We had kind of listed the initial six on last week's show, but Al Nazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Amari Rogers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and then Samori Toure grabbing that seventh spot. Interestingly, Travis Fulgham is also on the practice squad. He was with the yeah. Packers previously and also spent a little bit of time with the Eagles. So he is another candidate for them. Um, to maybe be elevated for a game or two. And they also waived injured Ishmael Hyman. Um, not really any surprises to me moving on to the tight end room. I don't know about you. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, maybe you could have argued that Tyler Davis had a really up and down camp, but he still felt like tight end four, even, you know, regardless of maybe some of the blunders in the preseason. So the Packers had released Sal Canella, 
waived injured Nate Becker and Alizé Mack. And as of now, like you said, there's still two spots left on the practice squad, but no new additions um, as far as tight end is concerned on the practice squad just yet. Yeah, I mean, I guess the coaches must see something in Tyler Davis um, and feel like they need him, even with his up and down camp. I wasn't surprised they kept four, and I'm not surprised they haven't brought anybody else back. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of those positions, too, where guys turn out so regularly. And we talked about this even, you know, a couple shows ago where there was clearly something that the Packers felt they had in the room to release Dominique Daphne already and then to bring in the guys they did. So we'll see what happens in season, but I think they're pretty comfortable with the guys that they have. And that must be a good sign for Robert Tunney and his availability going into week one. I hope so. Um, That is another thing because if Tunney can start in that whole room, um, completely changes in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. So offensive line actually is where I think, you know, maybe there were a couple surprises, not maybe just one surprise. Um, They ended up keeping 10 offensive linemen, which I believe last year they kept nine, maybe they kept 10, but I think some years they keep nine and some years they keep 10. So keeping it, keeping an extra guy this year, which makes sense given the uncertainty around David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. But beyond those two, you have John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Yash Nyman, Jake Hansen, Zach Tom, Sean Ryan. And then to me, the surprise was Rashid Walker. And you had mentioned, obviously, that the Packers prioritized their draft picks. So the Rashid Walker thing shouldn't really be too much of a surprise. It made sense. Um, but I thought maybe Caleb Jones had an outside shot at that 10th spot if they were going to keep 10, just considering he had been able to play all preseason and Rashid Walker had dealt with injuries early in the season right. or the preseason. So he had only gotten to play that one game. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it was like very much a toss up um, and they just chose to keep the draft pick and they got Caleb Jones back um, yes. on the back anyway. Right. So um, I think all is well that ends well. Um, I imagine neither of them will really hopefully be doing too much starting <laughs> and they're just there <laughs> for development and, and um, depth pieces. Um, Cause you know, you have, have your starters. I think the most notable thing actually that happened, this week in terms of the roster was today. Um, both Goot and Matt Lafleur had pressers and they called uh, Bakhtiari and Jenkins their two tackles. So I think we have revealed that when Jenkins comes back, where he's going to play, um, which is very exciting. I think we all kind of understood that that might be the case that he'd come back and be right tackle, but they've been very hush hush about where they wanted him. Cause he can, I guess, play anywhere. Um, but now we know we have our two tackles. Yeah. And I mean, it, it is kind of a sigh of relief because we we've talked uh, maybe ad nauseum to some listeners right. about what that interior of the offensive line is going to look like. And will it be Jake Hansen? Will it be Royce Newman? Will it be Zach Tom? So with, you know, the understanding now that Elton Jenkins is right tackle, you really only have the right guard spot to figure out. We know who the center is. We know who the left guard is. We know who the left tackle is. And maybe if Bakhtiari doesn't play week one, that's a conversation. Like, is it Zach Tom? Is it Yash Nyman? Is it Elton Jenkins even? But by maybe like week three or four, whenever both Jenkins and Bakhtiari are back, we should feel pretty comfortable knowing that the only position really up for grabs on the, the offensive line is that right guard spot. Yeah, and I feel like it's done a complete 180, right, from the beginning of the offseason where you had really no idea who was going to be playing left tackle, right guard, or right tackle because we didn't know the timeline of either of the tackles and what their injuries were like. We still don't really know, like you said, kind of who's going to fill in that right guard spot. All we really knew is that John Runyon Jr. and Josh Myers had pretty much locked up 
left guard and center. And now all of a sudden you only have one area of the offensive line that's a question mark. And I'm feeling very confident and very strongly about the offensive line, the top five that they're going to trot out there, ideally week one, and with the depth there. Because, you know, by all accounts, Hansen had a his best training camp yet. We know that Yash Nyman can go in and play left tackle wherever. You've got Ryan, you've got Tom, um, and they kept Walker and six foot nine Caleb Jones. So all of a sudden this room is looking really, really, really strong. Yeah. So switching to the defensive side of the ball, then I think for me, this was the biggest surprise of, you know, the entire cutdown day and not necessarily that the Packers kept six defensive linemen, but who that sixth lineman was. So obviously Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Jaron Reed, TJ Slayton, and Devontae Wyatt were the first five. And then I had talked nonstop about, you know, is it Jack Heflin or is it Chris Slayton that will be vying for that sixth spot? And it turns out it was neither of them. Um, mm. Both of them, thankfully, are back on the practice squad. I thought they had really promising preseasons and training camps. But it's Jonathan Ford, which, again, you mentioned it already. Shouldn't be a surprise. The Packers do everything they can to not get rid of draft picks and they had to have felt confident and had good reason to, given what you said about the waiver claims, but that they could yeah. get their guys back. So Jonathan Ford, number 99, a seventh round pick, is that sixth defensive lineman on the roster, both Heflin and Chris Slayton, thankfully on the practice squad. And yeah. then Akil Byers was waived injured. Yeah, very, very, very glad that both those guys are back in the practice squad because I think that sixth spot, like you said, could have could have really been anyone you make an interesting point that I just want to like touch on which is that I feel like we're very plugged in right to this bottom of the roster of the Packers and so everyone always gets a little worried like oh well someone's gonna pick this player up it almost never happens like if you look at how many waivers were put in it was really for the kind of bigger name vet players who are trying to hang on to rosters right now and not even Anthony Harris was picked up. So we can talk about that for a second later when we get to the safeties, but like very few players get picked up on waivers. And at this time of year, cause everyone has that like bottom 10 to 15 of the roster. That's pretty much all the same. And I feel like you'd much rather keep someone who's been in your camp all summer than pick up someone new and have them have to learn the playbook. So I'm not entirely surprised that no one was picked up. You obviously cross your fingers cause you never know what happens, but I think to your point, like, it's great. I, you, we kind of knew, right, that Heflin and Slayton would be back, um, and they are. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly instances where there's guys, like maybe a Danny Davis, who isn't obviously on the roster anymore, but if you go into a depth chart thinking that you're like wide receiver 10 and the practice squad is loaded and you want a fresh start somewhere else, like, that makes sense for guys to do that to an extent, but you're absolutely right that there's a lot of guys that will prioritize the scheme and the coaching staff and the system that they've been around in, fully understanding that injuries unfortunately happen way more frequently than we would like them to in the NFL and just because you start on the practice squad week one doesn't mean that even by you know week two or week three, you'll get called up to play a significant role. And I think the best example of that maybe is the Packers Super Bowl 45 squad with all the injuries that they had in the roster churning that they had for the entirety of that year. So really good point about you know the players that are waived and the ones that come back on the practice squad. Outside linebackers, Packers kept five of them. I think these five were kind of kind of the ones that we expected going into this 
the uh, offseason, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Tipa Naliai, Kingsley Anigbare, and Jonathan Garvin, uh, meaning that Kobe Jones and Ladarius Hamilton were released, but both of them came back on the practice squad. So really yeah. no loss there for that room. No. I mean, this is another one where I was like, I'm not really sure who's going to, how many they're going to keep and who's going to make it. Again, you said I'm not totally surprised that it was Tipa and Garvin, just I guess by seniority, if you will, and they got the two guys they wanted to be on the practice squad. I almost thought that, like, just based on the camp that he had, that Kobe Jones would make the 53. Yeah. Um, but, again, I think it's a moot point when the guys you want are on the practice squad and – you know, if they need to move some things around, like you said, they have all that flexibility this season to pull somebody up if they feel like they need him. So it worked out. But I don't know. I don't know if Garvin or Tipa really showed anything this camp that makes me think they're going to take any kind of meaningful snaps. Yeah, I mean, I think Kingsley, who I'm realizing prefers to be called JJ, so I have to just get that into the vernacular. I think JJ had probably the best uh, preseason of the outside linebackers, which is exciting yeah, because definitely. obviously the Packers invested a draft pick in him, so want him to to have success there. Um, inside linebacker, you know, you tweeted about it. We talked about it a little bit last week. Um, really became kind of a position of strength on the defensive side of the ball after being a position of weakness for many, many years. Packers kept four, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Chris Barnes, Isaiah McDuffie, not really any surprises there. Um, released Way- Ray Wilborn, but got him back on the practice squad. And then, as we said, Ty Summers got claimed by the Jaguars. So once again, the other linebacker spot, no real losses in that group because everyone either made the roster or the practice squad. Yeah, this was exactly how I expected it to shake out. And I'm just so excited about this group. I just think you look at this from like top to bottom and you're like, I feel so great that all four of you can go in and contribute. I mean, especially obviously they've invested so much in Campbell and Walker, but you know that Chris Barnes can play meaningful snaps because he did it all of last season. And Isaiah McDuffie had a great preseason. So very excited. Yeah. So maybe, um, maybe another spot of maybe not a surprise, maybe isn't the right word, but I kind of thought the Packers would keep six corners just because we weren't really sure how the depth would shake out. So they ended up keeping five corners and five safeties. Wasn't sure if it would be five and five or maybe six and four, um, how that would split. But for corners, they kept Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, and Shamar John Charles released Rico Gafford, KB on Ento, and Keandre Thomas, and then Rico Gafford and Keon. Keandre Thomas are the two players that they brought back onto the practice squad. They also brought in Benji Franklin, who was most recently with the Jaguars. So thoughts on the shape of the corner room? Any concerns about depth there? What are you I thoughts? mean, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, besides John Charles, like, I don't know if I feel great about um, any of the guys you just listed playing, you know, starting, if anything were to happen knocking on a lot of wood that nothing happens. Um, but again, I think it shook out the way we expected. Didn't know, like you said, it was going to be five. It was going to be six corners. Um, who of those it was going to be, obviously Nixon got the nod, um, as it pertains to the 53, but they got the guys they wanted to on the practice squad. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they rotate this in. I'm excited for John Charles. I think he had a really, really nice camp and kind of showed out, in terms of like the depth pieces as being the best. So I, I would love to see him get some playing time. You know, we've been hearing a little bit about Rasul moving to safety. I know we're going to talk about the safeties in a second. Like 
Rasul moving to safety if need be, if they need a third safety, if you will, on the field. It's kind of like that big nickel. Um, so the, the safety depth is still a big question mark, but not really a huge surprise when it came to corners. Yeah, I mean, I think Keyshawn Nixon always kind of had the inside track to that CB4 or CB5, however you want to rank them, spot, given his connection to Rich Passaccia, knowing he would kind of be a leader on that unit. I gave Rico Gafford a nod for that same reason. Um, He's obviously brought back on the practice squad. KB Nento, the Packers, converted wide receiver to corner. Unfortunately, just had, I think, too many injuries, and now we'll probably be looking for a fresh start elsewhere. Um, But safeties. Yeah, that was really the only news of the day. Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, uh, Dolan Levitt, Tariq Carpenter, and Micah Abernathy were the original five that were announced yesterday. Then we got news today that the Packers had brought in safety Rudy Ford, who was a special teams ace NFL vet playing in 56 career games, uh, which led to the release of Micah Abernathy. So five safeties in the room with a vet presence now with the addition of Ford. Yeah, um, this is weak. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, excited about Ford. He's obviously here for safe, or for special teams, not for actual safety play, I don't think. I really hope that Abernathy gets to come back on the practice squad. Like we mentioned before, there's two spots left. Um, I would, you know, very exciting, like fun story that he, you know, was only with the Packers for like 20 days, and that's the shortest it's ever taken for an undrafted player to make it onto a 53, and it happened to him for a singular day, uh, probably not even 24 hours. So I hope he gets to come back um, because you kind of root for for guys like that. Excited about Carpenter. I know you and I were really um, kind of intrigued by his size, agility, speed kind of combo in terms of, you know, that linebacker hybrid safety role after he was drafted. So again, Packers like to keep their draft picks. So not surprised to see him on the roster. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not in love with the depth here. I think it's really, it's the weakest, it's the weakest group in my opinion. And like I mentioned earlier, um, Anthony Harris was cut by a team. He (laughs) cleared waivers and he is now a free agent. So if the Packers want to get some, like, you know, he's only 30, he's not like that old. So if they want some vet depth there, uh, and a guy that, knows your team pretty well because he played against you for quite a number of years. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't go pick someone like that up for like a nickel and a dime. Um, Probably a special teams thing and there's only so many spots, but I'm shocked by that. Yeah. I mean, you have to have to think at this point that if there was a need for a third safety, it would be like you said, Russell Douglas, Shamar John Charles has cross-trained at safety, did a little bit of that in college. So you would think that it's going to be one of those two guys because Dolan Levitt, Tariq Carpenter, and, you know, the addition of Rudy Ford. These are all three guys that are special teams aces. And maybe Tariq Carpenter can be something else, but we saw him in one preseason game and he had a pretty obvious uh, miscommunication uh, that led to a touchdown. Looked fantastic on special teams. So that, you know, is great, but just not three guys that I think you would much rather have as gunners um, than you would want as your third safety. So hoping that there is you know, some confidence in the the cornerback room. Um, I guess we could say DBs in general, but there will be others on the field if the Packers need some significant snaps at safety in the absence of Amos and Savage, because there's not a lot in that room specifically. (laughs) No, there is not. Um, I guess special teams in terms of like your permanent special teams guys, O'Donnell, Jack Coco staying, not a surprise. 
was very, very happy to hear that Crosby's going to get activated off pup and is probably going to start the season. Um, we didn't really know what he, his injury looked like. So that was good news that we got on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, they did end up cutting Ramiz Ahmed and then they got him back on the practice squad, which is great because he didn't miss a single kick in camp, I think. So you don't know, you know, injury where Mason Crosby stands. So good to have some backup depth there too. Yeah, I know Packer fans were excited about him uh, getting to latch onto the practice squad. So, and exciting for Jack Coco because we like those underdog stories where, you know, he came in, he had to compete with Steve Wordle. This is that riveting long snapper conversation I promised you <laughs> last week. Apparently, I can't stop talking about it, but it was his job to lose. And Rich Passaccia said he was competing with everyone across the league. So, it sounds like, at least for now, that that job is his. So as of 4.55 p.m. Central Time when we're recording this, this is what the initial 53-man roster looks like and what the practice squad looks like. If there's any updates, obviously you can check those out on Twitter. Next week, we will actually be talking about a week one game, the Packers traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings week one. So cannot wait for that. I can't believe it. We are here. We have a 53-man roster. We have a practice squad, Maggie. We have a team that is ready to go and compete for another Super Bowl. Yeah, let's start do it. the agony all over again. <laughs> no agony, only victories. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, I think that's it. That yeah. was a quick little recap of everything that's happened in the last 36 hours. So um, you can find us on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. You can find me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter, Pax What She Said on Instagram and Twitch. And speaking of, now that we are back in season, you and I will be going live to do game recaps again on Monday nights, which is very exciting. So you'll have double Pax What She Said two nights a week. Um, I think that's all for now. Yeah, Pax What She Said squared. So set squared. your calendars. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Thank you.